Take hold of your life, take charge of tomorrow, and step into the world of your dreams. Welcome to the Very Brave Podcast with Rachel Evans. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Very Brave Podcast podcast where we are helping to redefine bravery for all women away from the very singular definition that it is a physical act and based on being heroic. I can tell you that this week especially has been full of brave moves, not least of all that there's been some brave decision making going on in my business and I am forever talking to my clients about needing to have an exit plan in place even when you're at the start of your business or you have no intention of selling because we should always understand what we'd need to do if we needed to sell the business quickly we needed to transfer ownership or if a buyer came along and wanted to purchase the business from us so we've been exit planning this week and there's some really powerful conversations to be had around that and some brave daydreaming about what you would like your life to be like in your post-work career. I wonder how much time you've spent thinking about that. It's actually quite a brave thing and it can take some courage for you to give yourself permission to design a best life other than the life that you may feel has been handed to you or dictated to you. So maybe spend some time after you listen to this episode thinking about what you would like your post-career or post-business life to look like. Dare to dream. That's the courageous and brave thing. I encourage you to do it. In this episode today, I was very privileged to speak with Angela Vithoukas, who is a councillor with Sydney City Council. And what you're going to take away from this today is an understanding of what can happen if we work together as a collective rather than think of ourselves just as individuals. How much more we can achieve if we put the collective forefront in our minds. And also we have a bit of a discussion about some of the patriarchal issues that still surround government and what we might be able to do to change that. Get brave. Let Rachel inspire you to go deeper and come out blazing. Receive a free masterclass now. Go to go.bravemedianetwork.com slash masterclass. Hello, and thank you so much for joining me today. I am thrilled to be speaking with Angela Vithoukas. Angela, what would you like to tell us about who you are and a bit about your background? I'm not known for being at a loss for words, so this is... (laughs) Let's just say, I I find it unusual, I guess, Rachel, I mean, we had off-air discussions before we started this, Mm -hmm. but I I find it unusual when we think about the individual as opposed to the the collective, right? I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm, I guess my whole life has been about the collective. So I'm a business owner. I've always referred to myself as self-employed because that's how I was brought up and those Mm -hmm. were the options on the forms, You know, back in the day when we were still paper driven, Mm -hmm. it was, you know, do you work here? Do you work there? What industry or other self-employed? So that's the kind of mentality I think I grew up with. I never thought about the individual's pursuit of anything. And being a business owner, again, it's not about you. It's about your customers or it's about your staff or, you know, the business almost has its own personality or its own story to tell and its own journey. And that's always been what I pushed out forward. So I've 
always find it quite unusual when people ask me about me. So, you know, I, I sum it up very quickly. You know, I, I'm self-employed. I have the 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 most, I think, daunting luxury. I put those two words together, where I've always been able to do whatever I want <laughs> because I'm self-employed, and that has meant that I've been able to pursue a variety of business interests. So I've never been stuck in one place, mm. chasing up things very differently. You know, most of my life has been based around hospitality, but I've had spin-offs around that, including creating, you know, content, being a, a host and a producer of a, a small business channel. I'm a politician. It doesn't get much different than that. <laughs> so it's it's very unusual, but everything I do is about everybody else. It absolutely makes sense. And I I think one of the things that I've learned through having these discussions with women such as yourself is that it's actually ingrained in all of us to not be thinking about ourselves, to first of all be thinking about those closest around us, our children, our parents, our family, our friends, and then um when we recognise that that is taken care of, then we start to look out there in the broader community and often we're the last people that we look at or think of. So I very much appreciate where you're coming from there. So we're here to talk about bravery and I mentioned the Governor-General's list to you and how there were most of the awards that were handed out were to men for physical acts. And I'm wondering what your personal definition might be of bravery as a woman. I almost cheesy like I'll always go back to my mother, who I at the same time salute and blame for most of my decisions. So she came to this country as a 15-year-old girl with no language and almost no family here. And the family that was here, she didn't even know. So being alone in another country, overcoming those things like language, you know, there was no Google Translator, you know, there was nowhere. I can't imagine what she faced. That's how different it feels and sounds when we when we think of those things. And then to finally, you know, fall in love and have a family, to be a business owner her in almost her entire life. She was one of the first women that the Commonwealth Bank lent money to to buy a house without needing a man to underwrite the loan. That the signature. Mm. Yeah. And I, it, it might seem today to someone like me who's been in business her whole life and has never asked, never been asked a bank that question. I'm sure, sure, I'm sure there'd be an uproar if there if there was that question now. But to think that those are the kind of barriers that she faced that she couldn't make her own debt choices even in life, mm. let alone other choices. And so that's what I consider brave: being in another country you know, because you were forced to leave because of circumstances in your home and your family, that any parent would think it was okay to send a 15-year-old to another country with nothing, including language. Mm. You know, I can't imagine how tough it was for that decision. I can't imagine what my mum faced. She rarely talks about it. I I think I would compare it to coming back from war Mm. where you just didn't talk about things and you know, she has those moments where she'll share an old story, but it comes with such sadness sometimes. Mm. So her bravery there for raising kids in a business the way she did with my brother and I, and, you know, I think how lucky we were as a family that that went well because there were so many opportunities. Mum used to take us to school at 6.30 in the morning and leave us on school grounds so she could go to the shop. 
Mm. You wouldn't do that today. Mm. You know, they felt safe because there was no other way of doing it. There was no mm. childcare backup. There was nothing. There was no out-of-hours school care. The system wasn't geared for women to work full-time and have a family, let alone have a business. So for me, she's always going to be the bravest person I know, and I've never had to face those choices. I don't know if I've been as brave as her, given I didn't have those challenges. And let's talk about you for a second, if we can. How do you know when you're being brave? Usually when a decision makes me feel sick. And I think the example that my mother set me was to just want to do it. I I never felt a barrier, again, being, I think, self-employed. If I dreamed of something or I, I chose to take a different a path, you, you know, every day we choose one way or the other, I always felt the freedom to do that. And I think because I never felt there were barriers or consequences to the decision initially, the idea, mm. I would just push through. Mm. The most common thing I do is, you know, six months later or two years later was like, what was I thinking? (laughs) That was the hardest thing I've ever done. Why do I keep doing this? But that's the beauty of not really knowing what you can't achieve. Mm. How hard can it be? The the most common question I ask about everything that I do is how hard can it be? Mm. Well, inevitably, I am the I choose hard person. (laughs) Now, I'm not sure what that says. I'm sure there's a lot of um, therapy involved to pull that all apart. But every experience that I've had that has been the hardest thing I've ever done Mm. has taught me so much about life. Mm. And I think that's the difference when you start to make big decisions in life. You need to be equipped to do them. And the only way you can do that is to have a whole bunch of other experiences. Mm. And people have different experiences, Rachel. You know, people raise families. I think raising children, I don't have any of my own, but I'm very lucky that my brother has produced three. (laughs) And I can see how that changes everything Mm. in terms of that, how life takes a different path there, how your choices are different. You know, I used to hear people say they would stand in front of a bus for their child. And I don't think you understand that depth mm. of bravery, of of willing sacrifice until you have a little person mm. that you're inevitably related to. And the first and last thing you always think of is, can I stand in front of them to stop yes. something happening? For me, that's another example of bravery, right? That's mm. you're willing to give up your life. Mm. That's what my parents did. You know, they sacrificed their whole life's happiness to make a different life here for their children. They didn't want us to have the life that they had. That's what I've, I've grown to realise is that my commitment to expanding my life without me realising it has created a whole series of experiences that has inevitably led me to be able to help other people mm. who don't have the same opportunities or willpower I know. I'll say that sometimes I'm, it has taken me many years to acknowledge that I am incredibly stubborn. (laughs) Didn't quite realize how stubborn I was until things don't work and I don't walk away easy from something. And that's a very different type of bravery to the physical bravery that we were speaking about. It's more emotional and uh, often um, moral as well. Would you agree with that? Yes. I've always been little. 
Rachel. So I was always the smallest kid in the class. Until you hit menopause, I was physically a lot smaller than everybody else. And so I always knew I, I couldn't lift what everyone else did. You know, even in the restaurant, it was hard to unpack the chairs and tables. And I trained, I had a personal trainer to help me become physically stronger because I wanted to do what everyone else was doing. When you realize that you don't have the same physical strength, it's like a short person. I'm short too, right? I can't, I'm not going to reach things. I have to think about how I'm going to get up there. You then approach life differently. Okay, well, that's just things that I have to do different, not can't. Mm. Short people never say they can't get there. They just find a way. And and that's what I see in, in little humans. They don't let anything stop them. You know, I love that. I, I wonder if I still carry that that childlike approach. I, I hope I do, because I see that in their no fear policy, in their I want to get their goal and I will do anything, push mm-hmm. any chair, push any ladder, climb on any counter, regardless of how unsafe it looks, mm-hmm. while the adult population stands by grabbing their chest in that's not safe. That's what, what if something bad happens? And you, you find that those of us that maybe take jump off the cliff first, mm-hmm. we don't say what if, you know, what if something bad happens? We, we yeah. say, well, how hard can it be? I'm grateful for that attitude. I question my sanity on it. <laughs> I'm, I'm grateful for that attitude. I can't imagine being scared to do things. Need a daily reminder to be brave? Sign up to 365 Days of Brave and get a daily brave message now. Go to bravemedianetwork.com. Fear does come up a lot in these conversations and you've mentioned it. You know it's bravery or you're about to be brave when you feel sick in the stomach. The sick in the stomach, is that the only physical sensation for you? Is it, uh, you know, fast beating heart, that type of thing, or that's that's generally what you feel in your tummy? Fear seems to be a very constant companion to me. Fear of failure comes up a lot. I think, again, that might have something to do with the fact that I've been quite autonomous. There's no comfort zone for me when I choose to do something. My failure will often be public. Mm. It's obvious that I didn't get it done or it's obvious that I did get it done. That also, that impending sense of I could fail or you know, what does failure look like? Mm. I know what it tastes like. When you've tasted something that's that strong, you don't forget it and it motivates you in, in a very different way. And it's a very personal thing because we deal with fear or failure very differently mm. as a human race. For me, fear and failure is my ultimate measurement on my humanity. Mm. Um, because it can feel sometimes selfish and very self-centered when you describe, when I describe that failure in my in my head, you know, oh, people are going to judge me. It's funny where we where we go. You, you know, you I worry about being judged as opposed to the actual failure of a project. Mm. And that's that that's that other feeling that comes with feeling sick in my stomach is that failure, that possibility of failure. But apparently that's human. Yeah. <laughs> apparently that's human. And if you do things in spite of it, it, that's okay. But if you let that actually be the determining factor in what you do, then that's not okay. Mm. Yeah, I would agree with that. So when I've asked other women 
about some of the brave things that they recognise they've done upon reflection. They'll often tell me that they left a bad relationship and they see how brave that was, that they applied for a job that they didn't think they would get anyway, that they started a business, that they went and did something that the people closest to them were saying they shouldn't do. So what are some of the things that you would determine as being brave? even though you're not used to thinking about things in terms of yourself. That's almost more personal than most people in my European culture, my Greek culture saying, oh, I'm not married, (laughs) no children. I don't think that the things I've done have been necessarily brave. I, I, I acknowledge that I've walked a path that many would choose not to do because you need to be fearless almost to do it. And I think... Politics for me has been the most brave thing that I've done because it's just not like any any other part of the world. And being an independent person in politics means you will forever struggle. Mm. You will never achieve what the benchmarks are in in an accepted form politically. Mm. It wouldn't matter how hard I worked. It wouldn't matter how much momentum I ever gathered. It wouldn't matter how many people ever followed me or voted for me or supported me. Ultimately, I will never achieve success politically the way that people think of political success, which Mm -hmm. clearly is to be, you know, a premier or a prime minister or even the head of of some kind of faction somewhere or or Mm -hmm. achieving. So, So that will never happen which in itself, I guess, takes a lot of courage to turn up every day knowing Mm. and that everyone else knows. So therefore your value sometimes can be reduced or your relevance. All of these things are what other people put on you. Mm. You know, I faced that very early on when I first got elected against the kind of odds that people said, nice girl, even though clearly I wasn't that young. (laughs) Pretty girl, funny how they kind of put things like that together Mm. when they're publicly judging you, but, you know, she'll never do it. I did do it in 2012 Mm. and then I did it again in 2016 and I'm about to do it again. And, Rachel, I, I know that I'm doing something time and time again against incredible odds. Mm. The odds will never be in my favour of coming out well and I continue to do it and I think for me the greatest angst around all of that is that people continue to doubt that I can do it Mm. it's the first time I when I do it or I achieve something or anyone achieves it and then you continuously keep saying oh well they won't do it again or they won't do it again again and then I realized that the structure was against me the whole time everything is against me I don't have a machine behind me. I don't have endless chief of staffs. I don't get people volunteering to help me because they know that that's never going to further their career. It will go against them to do anything to help me. Mm. You know, unless you are in a paid position in my world, you're not going to offer me any support. Whereas mainstream political parties who don't need the money get people volunteering all sorts of things for them. Mm. So, I struggle with that concept when we are in a country that's supposed to support the underdog and 
I've worked within that system now long enough, nine years in, in politics, to know how diabolical it is, how dirty it is, how completely off the chart it is compared to any business world that we might think. You know, a lot of people don't think as business people as being honourable. Mm. I promise you there are a thousand times more honourable than the political world mm. because you, you get something in business when you give something. It's a transaction, right? Not so in politics. Mm. But I, I took a very brave step five years ago and decided to form my own political party to play the machine in the game that it dwells. Mm. So to give myself and the small businesses that I represent as much of a level playing field as I could, knowing that it will never be able to to give them ultimately what they need, but I'm not letting that stop me. So I guess I think of that as brave because I know that I'm the outcome is unlikely to be what I ever want it to be, but it's not stopping me from continuing to do it. Mm. Again, that could be insane as much as it could be brave. It's definitely brave. Going by the, the definitions that I've discussed in these interviews and my own personal opinion, it's definitely brave. Inspiring women to claim their courage, to stand in truth and to celebrate their power. You reap what you sow. Plan to see by signing up to a VIP day with Rachel Evans. Contact support at bravemedianetwork.com. So why do you think, you know, you say that even though you've been elected twice now, you have formed your own political party, you've been doing this since 2012, you were really vocal with the Sydney Light Rail, your own cafe closed because of it, you've been vocal in the media recently um, to do with the pandemic and how that's affected Sydney in the lockdown. Why do you think people still doubt you? Is it because of a political agenda or opinion? Is it based on the fact that you're female? Is it a mix? You know, do I do I think it's female? Let, let me let me start there because that's that's controversial, right? We we've we've had. Uh, I'm part of a generation where you you got on with it. Mm. I've experienced a lot of sexual harassment in my life, but I think most women have. Mm. I think if they sat down and broke it down, they would see some of the key milestones. I've been in hospitality all my life, right? You learn when you're dealing with crazy chefs in a kitchen who have knives as weapons, you learn how to stand up for yourself. You know, I, I remember political dinners where inappropriate hands were placed on my knee under a table and you could almost see that the the look in their eyes of, I dare you to say something. Mm. And, you know, when when political bureaucrats meet crazy Greek hospitality person, they they don't know what, they, what to do because I'm used to kind of just looking at someone and going, well, choose which finger you want me to break because it ain't staying there. <laughs> so, you know, for me that's dealing with it and getting on. Do I feel that I faced you know, issues because I'm I'm a woman in politics. Yeah, I'm a blonde woman in politics, for goodness sakes. Mm-hmm. I'm a, a, a blonde smaller woman in politics who doesn't belong to mainstream party politics, who isn't scared to say what I think. And hello, turns out that that's the craziest thing of all, if mm-hmm. you actually voice your opinion. But then if you care about justice, if you continuously start a sentence with that's not fair, 
you are going to find most things aren't fair. Mm. And that in itself is the saddest thing that I've faced in politics, that there is so much that isn't fair to people Mm. in general. So I think, yes, I face those unique challenges because I'm a woman. You know, I've been worried. I have to go to events late at night, you know, back in the day when we actually left the house. (laughs) And I would, you know, you can't always take a plus one to an event that's political. 90%, 95% of people that are there are male and I'm an independent, so I'm an outsider, they're never going to welcome me. They're mm. never going to be nice to me. They're never going to include me in things. And that's that's scary all the time to walk into that room knowing that it's not about my normal networking skills. Nobody cares what I've done in business or who I am. It, it, it's all irrelevant. I'm not a factional player. I'm not a kingmaker. Mm. So I'm not going to be relevant. And and then you look at the whole structure of everything and 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 what you fight against and, and push against. So I've I've never used gender as a cop-out, and I'm not saying that that anyone does or doesn't. Mm. We have different experiences in life. It didn't hold me back, but it is it is a challenge sometimes. Um my life experience is my business partner is my brother. My mother's business partner was her husband, my father. We're used to the gender clash. Mm. You know, we we're a we're a 50-50 world. You're we're very different opinionated people, my brother and I, with the same goal in mind. There's the commonality, right? We want to get to the same place. Mm. We might have a different view on how to get there. Mind you, him having two little girls changes his view on things too. But I'm used to that. What mm. I'm not used to is the the unfair, the not just, mm. um, people not doing the right thing for the right reasons. So that kind of world. And and I love that I can sometimes make the biggest difference. Mm. I love that I can see an outcome for someone. You know, when I get a text message saying, thank you for your help because without you I couldn't have done this, that's it. As far as rewards go for the effort, that's it. You know, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get promoted. I'm not going to move up. I'm not going to get a bravery award. I'm not going to get anything like that but one more person is going to go to bed at night feeling better. Mm. And I've always been able to do that for myself, Rachel. I think that's what I've been trying to to give that kind of freedom to someone else Mm. because I fought every battle and won it one way or another because there's a way out of everything except for for personal health crisis. You know, those are different Mm. things. There are. Belong to another part of the universe, mm. but I've you can find a way out of anything if you're strong enough to do it, or if you have the help to do it. Yeah, and that's that's where it all comes down to. So it's my my basic need for justice. I need to see justice done, and I need to make sure that people don't forget those who are exposed to unfair. And the pandemic has you know, given us a new level of of unfair and not just Mm. people who have fallen through the cracks, you know, not necessarily small business owners, but, you know, the mental health challenges. We've we've never been as vulnerable as a human race as we've discovered lately without the skills to cope. Mm. I think we'll see that magnified um, over the next few weeks and months, especially as Sydney and where I am in 
Newcastle tries to get back to life as normal. I, I, I agree. A date on a timeline does not signify the end of, of anyone's troubles. Mm. You know, I don't like to pretend that I'm, the, I'm a fortune teller, but the next year is going to be actually much worse economically for a lot of businesses moving forward because with the line being drawn to come out of lockdown, people think that the bad stuff's behind the line mm-hmm. and suddenly everything else is like easy. We've opened up. Yeah, you can go out and get a beer now, but the pub that's serving you the beer, they've had 20 months of no beers. Yeah. And you don't make that up. It and I think be a challenge. there's small amounts being made in the media around how women have uh, borne the brunt of uh, the pandemic in terms of burden. Um, those who were working and could work from home are trying to homeschool like myself unsuccessfully and uh, often frontline workers as well. And I know even for myself, um, I haven't seen my husband for two and a half months because he's stuck on the other side of the South Australian border and there's nothing that we can do about that. I can't get in and and he, if he comes to New South Wales, can't return uh, to South Australia where his children are. So I think we're going to see, you know, this just roll on and on for years, if not you know, the next decade or more. How scary. The brave toil to seek a life beyond. Have you summoned the strength to move beyond the mediocre? We're all ears. We'd love to hear your story of bravery and share it with our community. Reach out to support at bravemedianetwork.com. How do you think, as women, we could better support other women to make more brave moves? I think, for me personally... It always starts with making sure that your world is good. I think my business experience has always been very local. I've I've never run a global company, so I've never thought in those terms. Mm. Um, it's always been about, is my business good? Are my customers happy? Are my staff happy? The advantage of that is you're always thinking about those around you. Mm. You don't understand the ripple effect of that. Yeah, because it does it does go out. You know, when you look after people at work and they go home happy, imagine that mm. <laughs> that they can go home happy. That creates a whole other environment there. So, yeah. I think as women, if we can look around us to make sure that those of us have the support that they need that they might not be asking for, the greatest gift of support is offering it before it's asked. Mm. It's it's recognising that those around us need it. I don't ask for help easily because I've never been given it easily and I think that's that's a shame because it should roll off your tongue much easier, right? You should be able to pick up the phone or knock on the door and say, I need help. But I would also like to think that I wish there was more humans around me that could see that sometimes I do need help. Mm. <laughs> I need you know, we all need something, Rachel. The, yeah. You know, I I have those moments where, you know, for 10 cents I'd pull up the cover and go, I'm, it's okay, I don't need to do it anymore. You know, we keep going for whatever reason. So I think women, it would be nice if we looked to other women to help. Mm. I only did two days of homeschooling mm. to help my sister-in-law mm. and I don't bloody know how any of you did it. <laughs> I, I, I mean, you know, I, I was home alone with three kids and two had to 
were doing homeschooling and the little one, you know, not yet at school, but needs 24 hours attention, right? Mm. I'm not, I'm not a parent. I'm a, I'm world's best auntie. I'm more hands-on than maybe, you know, 90% of other aunties. I take, I take my job very seriously, but homeschooling, dear God, I went home that day going, I can't do this. It and drives one to drink. Mm. I, couldn't do the, I couldn't do the activities. I couldn't answer the problems. I had no skills yeah. to help a five-year-old. Yeah. Can't feel You can't feel any more useless than if you can't. Like yeah. I'm sitting there going, why doesn't this? I'm used to high tech. Mm. I could not make that iPad work for the school activities. <laughs> that, that frustration of, you know. So yeah. I take my hat off to any parent that homeschooled. Mm. I take my hat off to the women that bore the brunt because I, again, I don't have children. I haven't been immersed in it. I can't imagine trying to hold down a job working from home because people belittle the working from home. Mm. I can't imagine trying to allocate time for homeschooling, time for your job, time to do all the work at home because you can't get outside help because we've been in lockdown, right? Cooking. I can't imagine anywhere in there finding any time to do anything well. Mm. So you're not doing your job well because it's just hard. You're failing at homeschooling because the kids, you know, 30 minutes into it, they don't care either. Yeah. So you're not achieving what they need to get done to get through that school year. And nothing's working. You're not cooking great dinners because you don't care anymore. And it's like I think... I don't know what other people have experienced, but we all were taking kids to school, going to work, you know, committing to those big programs at work, Mm. going to events, delivering projects, doing all of those things, coming home, you know, family time, going to bed, being fit, healthy, right? None of that is Mm. still the same. You know what's even more amazing? Who cooked six meals a day? Mm. You're home and you're suddenly cooking three meals a day plus snacks, right? (laughs) You can't do anything else except cook. No, you become, it it goes back to the 50s when women were doing 10.7 hours of housework a day. Yeah. Mm. So how are you working in that time? Mm. Because you're not. And I don't mean that in a way of saying employers are, are declaring a war on employees and no work's being done. Mm. I am saying that inevitably there is no time for it. You know, you were at work all day. Mm. You're no longer doing that. Mm. So that whole environment of how women have borne the brunt of it, yeah, because, you know, some of us have had the other half go out to work. Some of us have been the person that's gone to work if you're the frontline worker and your other half is staying home. I'm not trying to twist the gender around it, mm. but obviously nine times out of ten it was the woman staying home doing in a 24-hour cycle not much for herself mm. and not feeling like she was getting much done for anyone else. Yeah. And everyone felt like that, I think. Yeah. And that's why we bore, we bore the brunt of it. And it put us back a lot. It put our emotional health back. It put our professional health back because, you know, we're not, we're not networking, right? We're not building for tomorrow. Mm. All we've been do, trying to do is tread water for today, which mm. inevitably puts us backwards. Yeah. 
And for everyone else, I think. For mm. everyone. We, you know, but women have borne the brunt of it because we've been trying to do everything all day in one place. You know, at least we could take the kids to school, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, they were learning, you were working. Hmm. That's I, certainly how my work day worked. I, right. Well, I you're about ended to get, by school. Yeah. yeah. And you're about to get Freedom Day next week. Yeah. Not this week. <laughs> no. Next week. <laughs> yes. I think Mother Nature's playing a bit of a trick on us at the moment anyway, trying to keep us inside uh, with this deluge of rain that we've had since we've been allowed out. Ironic, right? Yeah. It's like, Which it's is, like the long weekend where you want, thought you were going to go to the beach, but. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Get brave. Let Rachel inspire you to go deeper and come out blazing. Receive a free masterclass now. Go to go.bravemedianetwork.com slash masterclass. So, Angela, in closing, I'm sure that you've got some more brave moves ahead of you and call it your stubbornness or your dogged determination. What can you share with me as to what you think your next brave move might be? I know I have things coming up, but I, I don't think of them out like that. So you're going to make me think that way after we, we finish this. <laughs> I am running again in an election. I did think that I would retire from politics because it had defeated me. Mm. The pandemic showed, I think, a need still for mm. an independent voice more than ever Yeah, to make sure that we steer a ship that works for everyone, you know, leave no man behind, leave no woman behind, leave no business owner behind. Mm. Um, I still think I've got a lot to give, but it, it took reaching rock bottom to realise that. Mm. So that's that's my next big political project is to try and get re-elected. And I don't know what that looks like because I've never run an election campaign in, in a pandemic. Yep. Even though we'll be coming out of it, mm. it's still not like anything else. And I'm hoping very much that I make some good business choices moving forward. I, I haven't actively been immersed in a business since, you know, we shut down all of our hospitality and and that's, you know, three years ago now. I'm, I haven't been immersed full time in work mm. that way again. And I, I want that. Um, I know that I think people consider retirement in life that's not the word I would use when I when I think of myself. I, I don't want to stop. I want to keep going. I want to build something bigger than me. Mm. And that's the only way for me to put it. I I really feel driven to create something this time. And I'm looking at, I want to do something very different. I don't know what that is. I haven't found it. I'm waiting for my aha moment, but maybe it's not about that. Mm. Maybe it's just doing it the Angela way, which is how hard can it be? Yeah. And the journey. Yeah. And and I think I'd like to take a moment this time to appreciate every step of it and see the beauty in the little steps that you go through to create something new. Starting a business is daunting and you often, it's not till five years down the track where you can look back and go, oh, so sweet. Remember when we used to do that in the business? I I want that. Mm. I want to bring that back again so that I can feel close and happier. I think the early parts of business were a happier moments mm. and then it becomes all about, you know, the profitability <laughs> and the scaling and, you know. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I'll just miss all that bit. 
the early moments are brave. I uh, see that's your word. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I okay, I will I will consider that word differently from now on. Mm. I still don't know if I'll use it in the same sentence with my name. That is okay. I think for me, certainly, it all starts with courage. Would you more easily identify with using courage than having been brave? No, I'm still going to probably struggle with both words. They're very personal, right? They're they're me describing me. How boring. Well, I don't think you're boring, Angela. And I think that the work that you are doing and um, the bravery that it has taken to stand in any election, let alone coming up to your third, is enormous. And thank you for the doors that you open for other women to walk through. Here's hoping that the next woman to walk through finds it a little bit easier because you opened the door for her. Thank you. And I hope that there are women out there who who stop thinking of what they can't do and just start exploring what they might do. There's no commitment necessary, right? Mm. Have Mm. a day's work-life experience in something. Hang out with me for a day and see if you want to do politics. I'll leave out all the ugly bits. You might like those bits, though. From uh, everything that I've been reading and watching, it seems like it gets a bit... House of cards. Yes. (laughs) Well, Angela, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing some of your story and experience. You're brave. You're strong. You can. Thanks for making us part of your story. Rate and review The Very Brave Podcast wherever you listen.